like the Buffalo Bills. What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Really appreciate everyone for tuning in for today's episode. As all of you probably just heard, I have a brand new intro song courtesy of my good friend Pat Lavin. Appreciate him taking the time to create me a new intro with some more Buffalo flavor to it. Pat is also the producer of another podcast called Scooter and the Big Man. Please go and check them out. They have a great New York Mets podcast. So if you're into baseball or into the Mets, please do me a favor and check them out. Today I'm be going into the Buffalo Sabres as they finally ended their 18-game losing streak a few games ago against the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm going to talk about Linus Allmark and Sam Reinhart specifically in this episode and why those two players are actually more important for the future of Buffalo than Jack Eichel. Then I'm going to be talking about you know the trade deadline coming up in the NHL, which players I think the Sabres need to move on from, um, what players need to stay. Then I'll be transitioning over into the Buffalo Bills. Talk about why I think cornerback or defensive line or edge rusher is the position the Bills will select in the first round of this year's draft. And we will close today's show with just a little bit of baseball as baseball has just started back up again. I'm going to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays as they kicked off their season yesterday with a win in extra innings versus the New York Yankees. The bigger question where Buffalo kind of comes into picture is their potential home for playing their games for the rest of the season, but I'm going to start off with the Buffalo Sabres. They're currently 7-23-6. They have points in three of their last four. They're 1-1-2. That is following an 18-game losing streak. Just absolutely abysmal hockey. They're the worst team in the NHL, by far even worse than teams such as the Senators, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Anaheim Ducks. And they're just not playing good. I think they've been playing better as far as an on-ice from a watching standpoint the last four or five games or so. But they're still just the worst team in hockey. We don't know when the next head coach is going to get hired. We don't know what players are going to be here, what players aren't at the trade deadline. So I guess we'll start there about what players I think need to be moved and which players need to stay. So right away, there have been some names circled around with the Sabres specifically Taylor Hall Brandon Montour are kind of the two big names that are pretty much more than likely going to be gone at the trade line then you have other names that have been throwing around um in which um excuse me the Sabres don't really know if they're going to trade them or not those big names are Ristolainen Sam Reinhart I even think Casey Middlesat Tage Thompson's names have been thrown in there as well if I'm the Buffalo Sabres Sam Reinhart in that group is not being touched. He is going to be a saver for the rest of the year. Brandon Montour and Taylor Hall are no-brainers. You need to move them. Brandon Montour, if you can get a third or fourth round pick for him, I think that's absolutely great. Taylor Hall, you got to hope you can get a first rounder and, you know, just a team looking and saying, you know, Buffalo is just so bad that he's going to come in here and make an impact. The New York Islanders, Florida Panthers have been named of teams that have been interested. 
if you can get either a first or maybe a second and either a prospect or depth player, um, I think that'd be a good deal for Buffalo. Rasmus Ristolainen, I'm under the impression that they should move him solely because you know after next season when his contract finally expires, um, he is not going to re-sign here. And the team next year, I think, is going to be worse probably than the team this year, which is kind of scary to think about, which I'll kind of get into that um, in a little bit. But I think you move him now while he's had one of his better years. I know he hasn't been playing great lately, but that's also coming off of COVID for him. So if you can move him for a second, third round pick or a player, um, I think that's absolutely what they need to do. Colin Miller's another guy I think could be valued for a playoff team, um, being that third line uh, defensive role. I think if you can get a fourth rounder for him, that'd be good. Reader's another guy. I know he's kind of been banged up, but a fourth round, fifth round pick for him um, is a guy that you know, was contributed nicely for the Sabres here, I think would be good. And then Tage Thompson, honestly, I'm, I know he scored a goal last night, a big goal before they lost in overtime to the Rangers. I'm kind of just done with that experiment. Whatever you can get for him, I would just move on from him. Um, Linus Allmark is another name that's been thrown around. I personally would not move him unless he is given the indication that he will not resign, which in that case, I think you do have to move him. Sam Reinhardt's a little bit different situation because he is a restricted free agent, so you kind of can do a sign-in trade with him if he doesn't want to be here. But that's kind of what I talked about at the beginning of the episode when I was kind of introducing the topics for today. Linus Olmark and Sam Reinhardt honestly have more meaning to the Sabres right now to me than a player like Jack Eichel because Linus Olmark this year, he's only playing 15 games because of injury, but he's 6-5-3. Think about that he... On the worst team in the NHL, and they just lost 18 straight games, has a winning record for this team. Carter Hutton, Jonas Johansson, Dustin Tokarski, all these guys are just brutal. You look at Carter Hutton over his last three seasons with the Buffalo Sabres, he's 31, 49, and 10. He's 18 games below 500, and he has a 312 goals against average. You look at Linus Allmark, he's been here for six years. Now, let me preface by saying this, that two of those years were way back. He was kind of up with Buffalo, was down in Rochester for a while, and then kind of got brought back up. So some of these stats go all the way back, you know, to the 15, 16, 17, 18-ish years. And he didn't play a ton of games, and those teams were just as bad. But he's 47, 46, and 13. So he has a one game above 500 record despite how bad the teams have been around him. So I think that says something about him. Would you like it to be higher? Yes. Do I think Linus Allmark is a franchise-altering type goalie? No. But he's a goalie that if he's paired with someone, kind of like the Vegas Golden Knights are, not to say that he's on the same caliber as a Flurry or a Robin Leonard, but if he's paired with another good goalie, the Sabres could be above 500. not saying this year, but in general, um, over the last three, four years, he has a 913 career save percentage and only a 2.74 goals against average, which aren't terrible numbers. And then you look at Sam Reinhardt. Sam Reinhardt this year, 34 games played, 13 goals, 10 assists, 23 points, primarily without Jack Eichel being in the lineup the past few weeks. He's had 50 points in three straight seasons. He would have probably set a career high in points last year had the season not gotten shortened due to COVID. And these two players really are going to be huge for you going forward because the decisions you make on these two players 
is very determining what you're going to do going forward. Are you going to rebuild or are you really just going to try to continue to add young and veteran players and make a run at it with Jack Eichel? Because to me, if you move on from a Sam Reinhardt, whether that's trading him in a sign and trade in the offseason, it's trading him at the deadline, or letting him walk, which would just be completely stupid, but, you know, Buffalo doesn't ever seem to do smart things. Um, I think that signals that you're going in a different direction, you're rebuilding, and again, I've said this a hundred times on this podcast, I will never say that you need to sign a player just to make Jack Eichel happy, but if Sam Reinhardt gets traded or you let him go, like Jack Eichel's not going to want to play here anymore. He's already not liking it here as is, and you let his best friend go or you trade him, um, especially for a player that's actually good. This isn't as if, like when he was good friends with Zach Bogosian, obviously Zach Bogosian sucked for Buffalo, and if Jack wanted to walk because they traded Zach Bogosian, then let him walk. But Sam Reinhardt is a valuable asset to this team. He's someone that's always been underappreciated across the NHL. Maybe he hasn't lived up to the hype of what people thought he was going to be as a number two overall pick considering what Leon Dreisaitl is, and he was picked third in that draft. But, you know, Dreisaitl has McDavid. McDavid's obviously better than Eichel. And they also had a lot more number one overall picks than the Sabres have. And at that point, a lot of people will lie and say they had Dreisaitl over Reinhardt. But Reinhardt was pretty much regarded as one of the top two players in that draft class. They could have easily went with Sam Bennett and really screwed things up for their future. Um, not that it would have changed that much based on the way the Sabres have been playing, but you have a very good top six player in Sam Reinhardt, and you got to stop bridge dealing him. Now, I do see a situation in which Sam Reinhardt says, I will sign another one-year deal with you at a bigger you know, price tag, kind of similar to what Hall did this year, and then to tell him, you know, trade me, whatever, but I'm not going to re-sign because after that he will be a U- UFA. And then Linus Allmark, I mean, you look at the free agent goalies for 2021, Tuka Rask is 34, Frederick Anderson 31, the only other really good goaltender I would think the Sabres would maybe look at is Philip Grubauer. You don't know what's going on with Uka Pekalukinen. He hasn't gotten to play a lot of games this year because of the COVID situation with Rochester. I think he's played maybe, I want to say, 15, 20 games. Like, he's not ready to come in and be a full-time NHL goaltender yet. I know that's not going to make fans really happy. But if Linus Olmark is giving you any indication that he doesn't want to re-sign here, you have to trade him. You cannot afford to let a player of his caliber go for nothing. I think you could get a second, third-round pick for Linus Olmark. And I think a lot of people don't love Linus Olmark's game because of how bad the Sabres are. But if you just look at the numbers, like, he has a winning record with the Sabres the last six years. If you gave him another competent goalie next to him or a better defense core in front of him, like, he'd be better. I mean, you look at the lineup for next year as of right now. Jeff Skinner is going to be here. Jack Eichel right now will be here. Victor Olsen. There's your top line. Dylan Cousins is your second line center. Casey Middlesat, the way he's played, is probably your third line center. Rasmus Asplund or Curtis Lazar will more than likely be your fourth line center. And then whichever one of them isn't is going to be a right left wing. Zemgus Gergensens will be back from injury. I would buy out both Eakin and Oposo. They've been brutal. We don't know about Uka Pekalukinen, Jack Quinn, or JJ Paterka. And then on defense, Rasmus Dahlin, Henry Okiari with the re sign, both of them. You'd like to think Jacob Bryson and Will Borgen will be back. 
and then the Sabres are probably going to get a top three pick. So whether it's Hughes, Power, or another defenseman, you like to think that one of those players is going to step in and be here immediately because it's a very defensive heavy draft. But if you don't re-sign Sam Reinhart or you trade him for just picks, there's no guarantee that pick's going to turn into a same player that Sam Reinhart is. Sam Reinhart over an 82 game season is on pace for like 40 something goals here. And I don't think you'd get that. But you're talking about a guy who I think the next four to six years of his career is going to be a consistent 55 to 65, if not 70 point player to pair along with Dylan Cousins on the second line. Let's see him grow. Let Jeff Skinner go back and try to find that success again with Jack Eichel. Put Olipson, who's not a great five on five player, on a third line with a KC middle stat. And then let these other guys in Rochester continue to develop. Bring in younger and veteran players that actually fit your system. And then go get a goaltender. You know, the Sabres can do whatever they want with the defense court and, um, you know, the top six, bottom six for forwards. If you don't get Linus Allmark back and pair him with another good goalie, or you go out and grab a superstar goalie, which there isn't in free agency, so you'd have to trade for one. The Sabres aren't going to be in a good position. So to me, Sam Reinhart and Linus Allmark are going to be the deciding factor of what the Sabres are going to look like for the next, you know, three to five years. And it's going to be really interesting to see how Kevin Adams navigates that. There's, you know, the Sabres, take them for what they are right now. They're the worst team in the NHL. You know, I'm still going to watch them because they're my team and I suffer through enough years with the Bills to know that it's, or what the, um, the reward is once you wait them out you know it's really fun being a Bills fan right now after going through all the years of suffering but you know you just gotta stick it out and hope that Kevin Adams can turn this thing around moving on to the Buffalo Bills I'm gonna talk about why I think cornerback or defensive line and edge is the position that the Bills be going with in the first round the biggest reason why I think this is you look at what the Bills have done over the last you know week or so especially the last couple of days. Today they signed Jameel Douglas, who used to play for the Tennessee Titans, as offensive line depth. They signed Bobby Hart from the Cincinnati Bengals as an offensive tackle depth guy. And they also signed Markwell Lee and Tyrell Adams, who are both linebackers for linebacking depth behind Edmonds, Milano, um, and A.J. Klein. So to me, that signals right away that offensive line and linebacker is completely off the table for the first round. Um, I think safety is another one. They signed Micah Hyde to an extension, Jordan Poyer, last year. They're the best safety tandem in the NFL. You don't need the touch there. Quarterback is obviously out of the question. Wide receiver, you've run Emmanuel Sanders to pair with Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, and then you have Isaiah Hodgins, Isaiah McKenzie. They brought in Powell from the Atlanta Falcons to kind of compete for that kick return role. Um, So that's pretty much off limits as well. So really the biggest positions you have are on the defensive line, whether that's a lineman or an edge rusher and cornerback, because, you know, they signed Levi Wallace back on another one-year deal, and they have Dane Jackson, who played well at times when he was in the lineup last year. But neither of those guys is a true number two lockdown corner opposite Trey White. So if you can go out and get an impact player in the first round, um, I think cornerback would be my first choice of who to get. Defensive line and edge is a little bit more tricky because you do have Star Latula coming back, and you have Ed Oliver um, still going into a huge year. 
And I think they're going to be playing a lot better. You still have Jerry Hughes. You have A.J. Epinesa going into year two, being able to play at the proper weight. Um, you're going to have Mario Addison, another veteran player. So I'm not really with drafting an edge rusher. If they do draft an edge rusher, I would say it's probably uh, Jason Uwa from Penn State or Gregory Ruasu from Miami. I probably butchered both those names, but um, you get the point. Those two guys are projected anywhere from 20 to 30 in the first round. The big thing with NFL mock drafts too is players range. Like I was looking at mock draft earlier today with Todd McShay and a few players that were consistently ranked on ESPN by other analysts or on NFL.com, CBS, whatever that were in the 20 to 30 range are in the 55 to 60 range for guys like Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. So it's always really a crapshoot um, from where players go on the Bills, as far as cornerbacks go, just because I know J.C. Horn and uh, Patrick Certain from Alabama aren't going to be there. Um, Asante Samuel Jr. from Florida State is a really intriguing name that I think would fit really well with the Bills. Greg Newsom II from Northwestern, he's kind of had some injury history, but I think he'd be um, a good fit too. He's very fast and versatile. Eric Stokes from Georgia is a guy that I talked about a few times on this podcast that he just brings a lot of versatility, very fast, big vertical um, would be a great addition when it comes to playing the Kansas City Chiefs fast guys like Tyreek Hill. Um, it'd be good to have his speed on the outside, you know, to go with Tredavious White on the other side. He's kind of anywhere from low first to early second in a lot of projections I've seen. So those would be the three guys I would keep an eye on. And I know I didn't mention running back or tight end. Tight end because really I think Kyle Pitts is the only tight end that's worth going in the first round. There's no way he's going to be there when the Bills pick, nor do I think Brandon Bean would ever trade up that far to get him. So I think the Bills would maybe look at a tight end in more of the second or third round. There's also the possibility that the Bills trade back depending on who's on the board when they're picking at 30. Najee Harris and ETN are obviously very popular names at the running back position, where I think that a lot of Bills fans are waiting to see is what they truly feel, or excuse me, feel the value of Matt Breida is. Matt Breida, I think, is going to be an X factor for the Bills here. A vet men signing that I think can do a lot of great things. He's very explosive. He brings a receiving element to the backfield that the Bills haven't had um, in the past few years. I think he's a way better third option than TJ Yeldon was for the Bills. I think he is a lot more valuable up the middle ground and pound and in the past game than a Yeldon was and to me with Matt Breda you have to make a decision whether or not Devin Singletary is going to be in that fold I think Zach Moss is going to be here regardless because he's more of that downhill goal line running back who has some potential to become a receiving back as the years progress but to me if if a guy like ETN or Harris falls that far um, to me ETN's the more um, excuse me the better back just because of the receiving aspect and what, how much the Bills pass the ball. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Devin Singletary. Brandon Bean said he likes the room that they have. However, we saw that a few years ago saying LaShawn McCoy is our running back, only for them to, you know, cut him before the season starts. So we really don't know what's going to happen. But to me, cornerback is the position they should go for in the first round and then fill out the defensive line and tight ends. As the draft goes on, Brandon Bean's done an excellent job of giving depth at all of his positions to make sure that the team doesn't have any glaring holes just going into the draft in general um other nfl news they added that 17th game for sure now the bills will be hosting the washington football team 
So to me, the Bills should have no less than 12 wins. They should be 12-5 and five or better. It's going to be very weird having 17 games played. But I think the Bills will still be a 12-win team regardless. Um, but we'll keep an eye on other prospects the Bills talk to um, with their pro days and stuff going on. Um, we'll see what happens as more mock drafts come out. Sometimes players get injured. Um, more trades could happen. More depth signings could happen. Um, I know I was doing some free agency segments, but it's kind of died down just because the Bills have filled a lot of their void. Um, I think Everson Griffin is still another name that you should keep an eye on um, just from the standpoint of he was coached by Leslie Frazier in Minnesota. Coming off an injury, I think you get him for very cheap. Kawan Short, obviously, because of the Carolina Panthers connection um, is another name to keep an eye on. But those are really just the two names I would really um, lock in on if I were a Bills fan from a defensive perspective and free agency going forward. And then finishing off today's episode, which is some news to Toronto Blue Jays. So they won their first game against the Yankees in extra innings yesterday, as I mentioned before. Right now they're currently playing down actually by where I live um, in Dundee, Florida. They're playing their first few series here with the hopes of later in the summer they're going to get to go back to Toronto and play. I truly don't think that's going to happen just because of what we've seen with the NHL um, and the NBA with the Raptors playing in Toronto right now. I just don't foresee the Blue Jays getting to go back there. If anything, they might transition back to where they played last year, which is in Buffalo. Buffalo Bisons are scheduled to start in May, so they might have some conflict interest, um, or excuse me, scheduling interest that they'd have to work out if the Blue Jays wanted to do that. But an interesting team nonetheless with Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero. Um, they brought in George Springer. They have some good pitching. Um, so really fun team to watch. We'll keep you updated on if they ever decide to go fully back to Buffalo. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Greatly appreciate everyone for tuning in. If you do not follow me on Instagram, please give me a follow at English Encore Podcast. Thank you again to Pat Lavin for giving me a great new and closing intro um, for this podcast. I will be back again at the end of the week um, next week just because Easter um, coming on Sunday and I'm doing a Bill segment today um, just because of the recording me and Zach did um, on Sunday with the NBA. So there won't be anything on Monday, Tuesday. So we're going to skip the Bills because I'm talking about them today. We'll get back into the normal schedule Later next week, I'll be doing a general breakdown. We'll be having, you know, Final Four for men and women NCAA basketball. The MLB has been going on, so we'll talk about that. And then next week, Wednesday or Thursday, I'm going to be doing another um, episode recording with Joe Reticliano. I had him on previously. He used to coach at Cornell before getting to coach with the Louisville women's basketball team this year. And they just had an amazing NCAA tournament run before they just lost to Stanford, so I'm going to get to talk to him again. So a lot of great content coming up next week. Hope everyone's staying safe and healthy. Hope everyone that celebrates Easter enjoys that, and I appreciate all the support from everyone once again. But this has been an English Encore podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. These guys are good, scary good. What a connection. Allen and Diggs. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.